Hello and welcome to the Evolution of You. I'm Shannon and I'm going to be talking about the dangers of avoiding your feelings. So I am an EFT practitioner um, and something that people have commented on when they first try tapping with me is that like, oh Shannon, the beginning of this, when we first start tapping, it's so negative. You know, you're talking about all those nasty feelings that I don't really feel comfortable talking about. Um, why, why is that part so necessary? Can't we just avoid it and get to, you know, talking about the good feelings that I want to bring in? And I wanted to give an example from something that happened just this week with my six-year-old. So... I'm pretty good at reading her body language. And when I picked her up from school the other day, there was this mutedness. And if you've ever met Eleanor, you know that she lives full volume all the time. She wears her heart on her sleeve and it you can always tell what she's thinking. So if she's keeping things to herself, it's because of some past experience that's bothering her but I also know there's no point in like nagging it out of her so when I noticed that little tremor in her voice and the the mellowness in her body I just I planned some chill time we hung out on the couch and had a bowl of popcorn and then we ended up visiting with my parents my parents lived downstairs so we spent a lot of time hanging out with Nana and Grandad. And during our conversation with them, something came up that triggered her frustration. She was coloring and her marker ran out and, you know, nothing was working. And all of a sudden she just blew up. And this kid is normally pretty chill. So for her to lose her temper like that, we all... We all react in our own ways. So my parents, their first instinct, and I know this from years of experience, this is how they dealt with my big emotions, they they want to get rid of them right away. So my dad was rushing around trying to solve the problem by finding a new marker and, you know, like, let's bring in some other solution. And my mom in the meantime, was listening to Eleanor talking about recess and somebody pushed her and, you know, Nana wanted to <laughs> lay blame and call the school and talk about this bullying in the playground. I'm like, no, that's not what's happening here either. So I ended up moving her back upstairs just so I didn't have outside influences. And we vented. And by that, I mean that I got Eleanor to just talk about the feelings that she was feeling. She had been holding in all that frustration all day long. And it was putting a strain on her body. And so finally being able to talk about the different situations that have been bringing up the frustration was the first um, step that needed to happen in order to bring some release. 
And this is something that is amazing about tapping because our brains love to keep us worrying about the past and also about the future. But tapping helps to bring you back into the present and connects that body awareness because you're literally tapping on your body while talking about these feelings, um, you know, saying things like, oh, it, it made me so mad. I feel this madness in my chest. As she was saying this, she's noticing what she was muffling and what she had been just tolerating all day. If she hadn't done that, like her uh, subconscious until this got vented had been feeling like this was a life or death situation when really it was a game of tag that had gone wrong. And once she started voicing it, it was like, oh, okay, yeah. I, my brain starts to realize that it, maybe it wasn't such a big deal. But I'm still giving space for those feelings. So another thing here... Um, with tapping, I don't expect Eleanor to jump in and start tapping with me, especially if she's feeling, you know, a higher intensity. What I do is actually tap for her. And the mirror neurons in our brain still get the benefit when they watch someone else do the tapping. She was voicing the feelings with me. She was echoing, but I was like, I see that you're a little bit too wound up right now. So can I do the tapping for you? And as she watched, her body language again changed and she began to relax. Her, body, her voice began to soften and it brought her a new awareness. And she said, you know, actually, I'm not mad and... Now I'm not sad anymore. Now I'm just tired. And then, like, even that, sometimes kids don't want to admit that they're tired, right? Especially around bedtime. No, I'm not tired. So for her to say, like, ah, oh, okay, this thing, this made me mad and sad. And now my body just needs a break and needs to relax. And from there... It was an easy transition to, uh, you know, have an enjoyable family meal. And she was able to talk about the experience. She was even able to notice some empathy for the child that she had been so angry about. She was like, oh, maybe, maybe it's really hard for him to be one of the slow kids playing tag too. And maybe that's why he pushes so hard. So it, it does help to soothe the nervous system and get you out of that panicky life or death I am in danger sensation so but this has been as I said like this has been a lifelong lesson for me because I was taught as a child I don't know about you but I, I was always given the impression that the big feelings are not acceptable you know, getting too mad or too sad, anything like that was um, kind of out of my parents' wheelhouse. They didn't know how to deal with it. They just wanted us to stop 
doing it. And so we were taught as children to mute any of those big feelings. If it got too, like if I got too mad, I would just leave the room and I would go and stew (laughs) in the corner in my room. And it was never followed up on like, oh, I see you were really frustrated about this. It was just like, okay, yeah, just go deal with it. Don't cry. Don't yell. Don't be mad was the message that was mm, uh, the unsaid message. I remember my mom bragging at some point that, um, you know, it was so great traveling and going places with the four children because we never fought. And looking back now, I'm like, fighting is a, it's a life skill. Like we, we never learned how to have those discussions and arguments. We all just left the room. And now, um, you know, that, that kind of created some impact for us later on in our, our uh, adulthood. So what um, it's taught me, or it did teach me as a child that those feelings are unacceptable and unlovable. If I'm having those feelings, people don't want me around. Ugh. I don't even like thinking that now. Um, you know, and that was what I see in my kids that they worry if I'm getting too mad or too sad, if I'm showing too many emotions and I'm causing a disturbance, you know, mom's not going to like that. Mom's not going to want me around. That whole concept of like taking a time out and leaving the room. It's, it's sending that message to your child that those, those feelings are unacceptable and they make you unlovable. And this is not the message that I want to be sending to my kids. So Yes, sometimes it's unpleasant to be around your kid when they are at full volume and dealing with the feelings, but they need to know that they can lean on you and know that no matter what feelings are coming up, that you are there for them. And what tapping can do for that is to also teach them that self-acceptance. Whew that even when they're having those big feelings, they can still fully love themselves. So tapping has taught me how to feel the feelings without that sense of panic and wanting to get rid of it. You know, that instinct that I had as a child and a teenager of like, I just want to run out of the room and slam the door Or later as an adult, I just want to have a drink to cover this feeling. I'm now able to feel the feeling and it's emotional literacy. So that is what I'm teaching my kids when we tap together. Um, Dr. Dan Siegel uses the, the phrase, name it to tame it. And this is what we're teaching our kids with tapping is naming it, name the emotion instead of just I'm mad, bring it down and specify like I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, I'm what am I? And where do I feel it in my body? 
that's the amazing body-mind connection, again, that acknowledges how much pressure is put on your body to hold these feelings uh, without any um, praise, well, not praise, but acknowledgement for what your body is holding. So noticing like, oh, when I get mad, I feel this tension in my chest. When I'm feeling stressed, I get tension in my shoulders. Um, If I'm feeling nervous, I get those butterflies in my stomach. And beginning to notice like, that's not a dangerous thing. That's not a danger sign that, you know, it doesn't mean again, ooh, fight or flight. It's just, oh, that's my body's way of telling me that I'm a little out of out of balance. What can I do for my body so that I feel better? And it helps to get you out of that fight, flight, or freeze. So that you begin to bring new possibilities and solutions and positive solutions, not the avoidance or muting, right? So this amazing lesson that some simple tapping and identifying of the emotions is teaching your brain, teaching your kid's brain, that all feelings are okay. So this is something, this is like one of the biggest reasons why I do the work that I do to help teach moms and caregivers how to really get in touch with their own feelings and become those emotional detectives to help identify and notice and get really curious about, oh, there's that feeling. I feel it in my body. I remember that tells me, um, you know, a feeling that I'm feeling And what is my body asking for? What is my brain not asking for right now? How can I help myself? So it's an amazing skill for adults to learn. And that way we can model it for our children. Instead of going to that, you know, knee-jerk reaction of telling your kid, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Don't cry. Don't be sad. It's like, oh, I see that you're sad. How does it feel? And what can I do to help? And what can you do to help? So giving the power back to your child and back to yourself as well, rather than this, um, the old sensation of emotions being this wild mystery that we had no control over. Our feelings are coming from our thoughts. And the more that we get in touch with those thoughts, the more that we begin to feel the way we want to feel, no matter what the situation is. So this is my invitation to you to start just practicing feeling your feelings. And <laughs> it might sound a little, um, a little bit nuts, but honestly, just once or twice through the day, take note of what you're actually feeling in that moment, whether it's bored or excited or whatever may be coming up, right? And 
do a little body scan. Notice where you feel it, how it feels, maybe even given it it, uh, an intensity rating on a scale of 0 to 10. And become the emotional detective for yourself to start kind of mapping out your own emotional landscape to see, okay, I know what this feeling feels like for me. And now I will begin to recognize it more often rather than just living um, in that state of (laughs) it's like a cloud, I swear, you know, that moment when you drive home from work or from the grocery store and you suddenly pull in the driveway and you're like, I have no memory of that entire drive. This is what our lives are like if we're not taking the time to check in with our emotions. So if you're ready to start living a more full and vibrant life, it's going to involve getting in touch with those emotions. So let's start with that little little project of checking in, being the emotional detective and mapping out what different feelings are coming up for you and where you feel them in your body. And if you listen to this podcast and play around with that a bit, I'd love to hear um, some feedback with you from you. So you can message me back or shoot me an email at Shannon at ShannonKerr.ca. And yeah, let's let's hear how the emotional detection goes for you. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And I will be back with more ideas for you.